Hello, welcome to the Revive for the Journey podcast, where we give you this week's message from Cove Church. We pray that it blesses you and helps you grow deeper in your journey with Christ. Enjoy. Well, hello, Cove Church. So great to be with you today. As we talk about a subject which I know really affects all of us, and it's the idea of priorities. Uh, What does it mean to put first things first? Because the the great question is always, well, what should be first, right? (laughs) Okay, I know I'm supposed to put first things first, but what what comes first? And, And it makes me think about just the complexity of life. You know, when I think about my childhood. It certainly wasn't a perfect childhood, but life was simple when you're a kid, right? I mean, my world was small and included me and my parents and my brother, some friends at school, the occasional relative swinging by, but that was pretty much it. And so much of my life was just spent, you know, building backyard mud volcanoes and, and, and playing with, 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 you know, in the street with kids in the neighborhood and, and throwing a baseball until it was too dark to see it. it. It didn't seem like things had to compete for my attention back then because there was just a, a lot less in my life to do so. Less responsibilities, less relationships, less chaos. But then you grow up and your circle grows with you. You have to get a job, which really messes with time outside making mud volcanoes. Uh, Your family expands. It's not just your parents and your brother, but now you have a spouse. You have kids of your own. You have the joys of an expanding world, uh, but you also have not just new friends, but, but, but friends in different sectors of your life, right? You have your work friends, your gym friends, your fishing friends, your coffee friends, your friends that you have as couples. And it's good, but it's not really simple anymore. Add to that a few crises that affect all of our lives, and suddenly you're scrambling to try to address the many needs that are crying out for your attention, leading you to ask the question, of on this list of so many things that I'm supposed to do today, all of them important, all of them, it seems like they should take priority. Is it just the things that squeak the loudest that I should pay attention to? Or is there a better grid to make that choice from? Because sadly, what we may end up experiencing is that the things that we hold are to be most important are often the first things we allow to be pushed to the side. Where what we say is important to us is not really backed up by what we do. And instead, we end up investing in the lesser thing, all at the expense of what we truly value. Our main problem is not found in giving the right things a place in our life. Rather, our main problem is found in giving the right things priority in our life. What does it look like to put first things first? It's that picture of priority that we talk about today. See, priority is the action of belief. If I really believe something to be most important, how do I make sure that I'm living that? 
Because among the great pressures of our life are all the little things, all the neutral things, all the busy things, all the annoying things, all the less important things, even some good things that will clamor for our attention, and in doing so, they will take us from the best things. This happens because we only have so much room. We are finite. So how do we make sure to choose that which ultimately brings about God's best? How do we address all of those unimportant things while not sacrificing the most important things? That's the question that we're going to seek Jesus to help us answer today. See, Jesus had this amazing way of prioritizing his life. He never seemed to yield to the urgent cry of the crowd and allow it to win against those most important things. Jesus' schedule was never dictated by the crisis of the people. It was ordered by the calling of the Father. So Jesus never missed what was most important. And Jesus wants to show us how to live like that. So, in Matthew 6, Jesus gives us a grid, a very simple grid, to help us determine the priorities of those who follow him. And the first thing I point out is this. We're called to prioritize desire for God. Called to prioritize desire for God. Matthew 6, 33, Jesus is speaking, and here's what he says, but seek first the kingdom of God. Now, the question right here is, what is the kingdom of God? Jesus often talked about the, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, the, the place of God's ultimate rule and reign is what that is, the place of eternal life. And, and we experience glimpses of that kingdom now, but we will experience the fullness of that kingdom in eternity with Jesus. Now that's the good news of the gospel right there. The, the kingdom of God is, is, is knowing that there is more than the brokenness of this life that we can experience. There is a forever life that Jesus offers where there's no tears and no suffering. That's a beautiful thing. And so this first priority is about how we view that kingdom. Is that truth, that kingdom, really that important to us? Jesus told the parable in Matthew 13, and I'll, I'll paraphrase it like this. He said, the kingdom of God is like this. Let's say you're walking through a field it's rainy out and you notice a, a mudslide in, in, in this field that you're walking through and the mud is, uh, the rain has eroded away the mud from it and you see that there's something really shiny in, in that, that pile of mud that's been revealed. You get closer and you realize it's a giant diamond. And then as you, as you pick that up you, and you dig through, you see that the whole hillside is filled with these giant diamonds that have been revealed by the, the rainwater that was coming down. You go, I can't believe this is in this field. So what do you do? You go and you sell your house, you sell your car, you sell your baseball cards, you have garage sale, you sell everything, beds, couches, blenders, finally even your Instapot to just pull together enough money that you can buy that field, knowing the great value that is found within it. Jesus says, that's what the kingdom of God is supposed to be like in our life. I will sell everything to experience that. That the impact of God's kingdom come, of God's will be done, becomes the first priority of our life. That's the kingdom I want. That nothing is more important than seeing God's rule and reign 
in our lives and experiencing that eternity, that this is what we live for. That nothing that I can experience in this world's kingdom is worth hanging on to if it keeps me from experiencing God's kingdom. Now, this is a very different way to live. That's that, that, that I will actually sell everything to buy that field. That is the kind of life that Jesus invites us to. Yet how often for us, when faced with that choice, do we just say, well, I actually kind of want to keep my Instapot. <laughs> you know, I mean, I know that the field's really good, but this, this is pretty nice. You know, it's good, healthy. I can do a lot of stuff with this Instapot. I don't want to give it up. And Jesus is going, you're willing to sacrifice my kingdom, all that is my kingdom for that? For, for nothing? All of this treasure for that? And, and it can be lots of things for us that, that act like that. Maybe for you, it's, it's that job. Like, man, I just couldn't ever give this up. Uh, even if God was asking me to, or, or maybe it's that relationship. You know, I know it's really not God's best, but I'm, I'm holding on to this. You know, maybe it's that lifestyle. You know, I, I know this isn't what God wants for me, but I just, I, I just can't leave all that's connected to this lifestyle or, or that image that's so important to you or that status. And we hang on to it. And we do so sacrificing God's kingdom it's just like, it seems so silly, right? It's, it's like the Instapot. I'm going to hold on to this because I, I don't want to let it go, but I'm going to lose all of that. And Jesus says, until you let it go, you can't buy that field. You can't buy the, that place where the treasure is. Until you lose your life, you can't save it. See, Jesus' calling has always been an everything calling. It's not partial. His kingdom is first. His kingdom is paramount. First priority then that I put into my life is saying, I want the impact of God in my world. I seek God's kingdom first. See, we forget often, I think, that this life that we're in, this life is the short life. <laughs> You know, so much of our world is, is bent on just making, seeing if we can eke a few more years out of this life. But you just got to remember, this life is the short life. It's the appetizer. It's the trailer to the real movie. It's, it's the blurred image. But God's kingdom, that's the real life. That's the long life. That's the main course. That's the full movie. That's the clear image. And that kingdom is what lasts. So, we've got to fight to keep from making the understandable mistake of living for this short life, as though this is all there is, as though this is all that matters. See, this life is simply a vehicle to bring us into God's life. Have you ever talked to someone and... Uh, you know, you're, you're getting caught up, and they say, yeah, I had this friend, they were in a horrible accident recently. You know, they actually was on a train tracks, and, and their car, car stopped there, and the train was going like 60 miles per hour, it hit their car, just horrible, horrible accident. And you, what's the first question you ask when you hear something like that from another person? You ask, are they okay? Is that person all right? That's the right first question, right? Because that's what's most important. 
the wrong first question after them telling you about this accident would be this. Oh, really? How's the car? Is the car okay? What kind of car was it? Is it salvageable? Will insurance kick in? Was the carburetor damaged? Is the leather okay? We'd be like, what are you saying? Are you heartless? Something so horrible would happen and all you can think about is the car, not the life within the car. And that is horrible, except when it comes to eternal life and the fleeting vehicle of this world, we do the same thing. Crisis happens and we're like, how's the car? You got all your stuff, right? Insurance covered it and everything. Often the first question is about this life, how it impacts this life, but not about eternal life. The question should be, well, where are you with God today? How did that affect, affect your, your relationship with God? But we don't ask those questions. We don't ask, how's your soul in the midst of the trouble? And Jesus says, I want you to live a life different than that, a life different than your culture. I want you to live eternity first. See, making room for God's impact on our world means placing desire for God first in our world. We are called to prioritize desire for God. And that's the first thing. Here's the second thing. We are called to prioritize connection to God. Passage continues, Matthew 6, 33, and his righteousness. That's what Jesus is calling us to, to his righteousness. The second priority is all about my relationship with God. God's wholeness in my heart, me and God, God's kingdom in here. See, righteousness is a word that really means rightness, right relationship. And it's important to see that it's not about my righteousness, but God's righteousness imparted to me. So how does God define righteousness? Well, one of the ways Jesus taught on this was to talk about the first two commandments. Love God, love people. That his righteousness is always experienced in the context of those two relationships, us loving God and us loving people. So here's the progression. I, I first decide to value God's kingdom, that that's my, my greatest treasure. But then I express that value by walking in right relationship with God and with others. See, I, I can't say that God's kingdom is most important to me, but then treat you in a way that works against the laws of God's kingdom. It, it's incongruent. It's like, let's say I'm going through Canada, and, and the speed limit signs in Canada say 100 on them, but it's because it's in kilometers per hour. But I could just read that 100 and go, okay, I'm going 100 miles per hour because, you know, I'm, I'm an American and, and I don't like metric. And so I'm just, I'm driving in 100. There you go. What's going to happen? I'm going to get pulled over, right? They're going to be like, do you know you're going 100 miles per hour, which is, I don't know how many kilometers per hour. There's 160, I don't know, something like that. You're going 160 miles, kilometers per hour. And I'll be like, officer, I... I this is the thing, I'm, I'm, I'm American and I don't like the metric thing, so I just, I just chose to use my rules here in this place. 
And it's not that I don't love Canada, you know, I love, I love, I love back bacon, I love Michael J. Fox, I, I think the people are really nice, uh, but I just disagree with kilometers per hour, so I'm going with miles per hour, that's, that's what I do. I'm just going to stick with that. What's going to happen? Well, I'm probably going to end up in trouble, maybe even thrown into Canadian prison, which I'm told is like a Super 8 motel. You can leave, you just need a note from your mom. Instead of lifting weights, it's more water aerobics. But still, you're in a bit of trouble. <laughs> because the rules change when I enter a new country, a different kingdom. Jesus is saying to us regarding our priorities. First, establish God's kingdom as most important. But then in doing so, you're agreeing to operate in the rules and the values of a different kingdom, of God's kingdom. And Jesus posts them just like that speed limit. Here's the rules of the kingdom. Love God, love people. That's how Christ imparts righteousness. Saying, I'm giving my love to you. Now you're going to give that love to others. That's how we know if we are operating by God's kingdom rules. That out of our life, we see ourselves loving God and loving people. But here's where we get it twisted. We can sometimes think that our job is to know the rules, but not necessarily live the rules. Like rule number one, love the Lord God with all your mind, soul, heart, and strength. And we say, I do that. But then we have to ask the question, well, when's the last time I talked with God? When's the last time I engaged with God or engaged with God's word? You might say, I don't know, three weekends ago, I think it was at church. So, so we say we're connected, but our actions reveal a distance in that loving God relationship. I've, I've learned this about myself. I really, really like dogs. I really do. I, I, I like them. In fact, I was at a coffee shop not long ago, and there was a really cool dog there, and I actually went inside, and the owner's like, I said, that's a great dog. They said, oh, you should pet that dog, because they really like people. So I, had, I went outside the coffee shop just to pet this dog, because I really like dogs. I, I, I'm just into them. I don't care what kind of dog. If it's nice, if it's a pit bull or a wolf, if they look friendly, I want to pet that dog. I want to be close. Love does that. That's right relationship. That's what it calls us to. That's righteousness. Righteousness is a heart condition where I now know there's nothing between God and me. It's the expression of that love. And it starts with forgiveness, but it ends with freedom. And that same right relationship becomes the gift to those around us. That there's nothing between me and the people of my life. No jealousy, no slander, no hidden hurt, no undealt with issues, no Facebook rant, no name calling, no making others feel small so I can feel big. No, it's a calling to right relationship, righteousness between myself and others. Now you might say, that sounds like an awful lot of work. So what's the reward? Here's the reward. God. <laughs> God is the reward. Throughout the scripture, we see these amazing statements like, 
Be strong and courageous, or, or the joy of the Lord is your strength. And what are the guarantees that come with that? Is it that we'll always win in life? No. The guarantee is this, that win or lose, Jesus will be with you. We see things in Scripture like go into all the world and proclaim the gospel. But if we do that, does that mean everyone's going to throw us parades? And that we'll never be hungry? Nope. But the promise, the guarantee is that Jesus will be with us. Say, if I give my life to God, well, does that mean automatically that God will fix my marriage or fix my illness or just fix me? I don't know the answer to that. But I do know that the promise, the guarantee is that Jesus will be with you. The one thing Jesus guarantees us in the midst of the ups and downs of this life, Jesus guarantees us his presence. I will be with you to the end of the age. So our real question becomes this, is that enough for me? Is Jesus enough or do I need Jesus plus something else for me to really lean into this connection, to really desire this connection with God? Luke 9 says, For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gain the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? Here is what that means. If we hold on to God, we have everything. If we hold on to everything, we lose God. That's the priority. God's righteousness, right relationship. We're called to prioritize our connection to God. It's the second thing here is the last thing. We're called to prioritize hope from God. Passage finishes out this way. And all these things will be added to you. It's almost anticlimactic, right? <laughs> Live this way, value God's kingdom, value God's righteousness, and everything else will be fine. It's all going to work out. All these things will be added. Now, what's the everything else? In context, it's all the stuff we think about all the time. Clothes and food and stuff and provision. It's the little things that cry out, put me first in your life. But if we put those priorities, these priorities into our lives, God's kingdom, God's righteousness, we're told everything else will find its place because God will add it to us. And God only adds to us his best. You know, I, I think of Jesus at the wedding at Cana it's such an amazing example. They're, they run out of wine and they're all stressed and the wedding coordinator's stressed. You know, we got it on the little smokies, but we missed it on the wine. It's going to be embarrassing. Jesus hears about this. Actually, his mom hears about it first, brings it to Jesus. He tells the servants, go to these big water jars and just scoop out that water, bring it to the master of the banquet. They do so. They're like, okay, let's see what happens. They pour this water out of these jars, bring it to the master of the banquet and it's wine. But not just any wine, it is the best wine. In the midst of their lack, Jesus brought them the best. The question is, will we trust Jesus to do the same with us? 
what we are saying to Jesus when we put these priorities first, we're saying is, I trust you. So I'm going to put your kingdom first. I'm going to put your righteousness first. And in doing so, we get to experience what it is to experience the very best of Jesus because Jesus is trustworthy. Even in the midst of all my pressures and all my concerns, the question is, am I trusting you, Jesus, to bring about your best and to trust you to do it in your way and in your time? See, that's how Jesus meets us when we put our hope in him because we're called to prioritize our hope from God. I'll wrap up with this. I think the question for all of us today revolves around this thought. Do I want God to fit into my life or do I want God to be my life? Jesus never offered himself to be our accessory some sort of talisman, some sort of bracelet, some fashionable add-on to our life. No, Jesus' intent was always to be our source, to be our life. Question is, am I living out that understanding? Am I living that way? Am I living truly for God's kingdom and for God's righteousness? Or am I living for my own? Jesus wants to order and reorder the priorities of our life by being the priority of our life. When we live for our own kingdom, Jesus tells us, you know what, that is a life built on sand. But when we live for God and God's kingdom, Jesus said that is a life that's built on a rock. And the pressures and the storms that each of us faces in life will never win as long as we choose to put first things first, which means we choose to put Jesus first. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. To stay connected with all things Cove Church, visit our website, covechurchpnw.com or on all social media platforms at covechurchpnw. We'll see you next time.